0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire?
0: Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: See website for details. No purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
0: it's time to play like a jet
2: with your host scott mason play like a jet what does that mean makai Beckton, ladies and gentlemen human beings that large should not run as fast as makai Beckton did And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai-Becton tape is for you.
1: Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass
3: to Crowder, trying to get him out of space.
2: Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. End zone! It's caught! Incredible play by Darnold! He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. United's the Q and Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you.
0: From the TOJ Digital Studio This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet one And we're going to talk about some of the whispers that have been going on around the team You know that there was a report recently involving the Jets and their coaching search A little bit about a certain quarterback that some people might be interested in for the Jets as well And the man behind those reports is with me right now He's the CEO of U-Stadium little bit on the controversial side, but trust me when I tell you he's plugged in, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for coming back on the show.
3: Of course, man. Anytime. You know, I love kind of catching up and venting about the Jets with you since I've deleted my Twitter and kind of resort to just tweeting a bit here and there from U-Stadium, but mostly just posting on the app. But I uh, love hopping on the show anytime. I always tell
0: people, I know that you come across as pretty abrasive on Twitter sometimes, <laughs> but... You're not like that in real life You're really doing that as Sort of an alter ego I guess on Twitter But the other thing is I don't think People realize how plugged in you are There have been a lot of times where I've heard Things that panned out from you That I wasn't allowed to talk about obviously But you had it way before Because you know a lot of agents You know people with teams because of your position With U-Stadium you have a lot of good Information and so When you put out that report about Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern I immediately texted you and said what are you hearing and you started telling me what was going on And I thought it would be fun to have you on to talk about that and everything else that's going on around the Jets So you're the only one right now that has reported that Fitzgerald information Talk a little bit about that report, what you heard Obviously there are certain things that you probably can't reveal and you obviously can't talk about where you got it from but tell me a little bit about what you heard there and how realistic of a possibility you think it is that they really do chase him in the offseason as their potential next head coach.
3: Yeah, of course. And I appreciate that. I mean, you know, really with you stadium and we're not in the business of like breaking news, quote unquote. So I don't really kind of go public with a lot of, you know, some of the information that I get or, you know, when I'm talking to different kind of people around the Uh, the sport um, it's really because you know we do stay in touch with a lot of the players who like to have them at different events and you know talk doing q and A's with fans on the app and really just kind of working with the players so we're not in the real breaking news business but um, really kind of found out I stumbled upon (laughs) the the Fitzgerald news like I wasn't even thinking of him as a you know as an option for the Jets like really he wasn't even in the back of my mind I didn't even think about it Um, so I, I was texting with someone that I know in, the, you know, with the Jets, um, about, uh, Jim Harbaugh, actually, <laughs> you know, cause I have a, a long, you know, affinity for Jim Harbaugh, but currently at this time, I'm not, I don't think he's the right guy. I think he's got too many gaze qualities and that's not a good thing. Um, so, you know, I was talking and I said, you know, what's the, what's the deal with Harbaugh? Is it, is it a possibility? Um, you know, so just kind of, seeing where everything was more out of just curiosity for myself as like checking in to see what was going on. And the person I spoke to said totally up to what happens with Woody Johnson, really with Jim Harbaugh. So nothing concrete there, but um, hasn't heard of the Jets kind of snooping around Harbaugh yet. But he did tell me like that could change with Woody Johnson. You know, he's expected to come back. I'm not sure what kind of role he'll have when he does come back. If he'll like get right back into the driver's seat kind of just ride shotgun with his brother as the, you know, the co-pilot here, but, you know, so nothing really concrete on, on the Harbaugh side, but he did say, uh, the jets are hitting the, you know, the college rankings really hard and said one guy who, you know, they specifically really, really like, and wouldn't be surprised if he's their number one target is Pat Fitzgerald. Um, did also mention unfortunately, that he thinks it's somewhat of a long shot. He would come here. Um, you know, so it's, it's something where they're really going to have to uh, sweeten the pot to get something like that done to even have him, you know, entertain an interview. You know, as you know, I'm sure just a quick Google search will tell you, like, he, he's turned down the Packers. So if he doesn't want the Packer job, I'm sure he, you know, the jet job is kind of laughable to him. But, um, and he also turned down, uh, I believe, the Panthers last year. Um, I think it was them who, who requested an interview with him as well. Um, so, you know, teams are aware you know, they, they love that Matt rule kind of, uh, program builder. And they see that, you know, they see that a lot of qualities in Fitzgerald. So I'm not going to be surprised if <clears throat> he gets some, uh, definitely some interest this kind of coaching season. Um, and I do know that the jets, whether it's, you know, really from the Douglas side or whoever it may be, I'm assuming it is, you know, the Douglas side, who's really interested in, in at least trying to get him in to, to talk about the position and see what, where they can go but you know the the good news out of that is they are kind of looking in the right spot for that program builder and they did you know he did tell me that they are looking um at the college rankings pretty hard so you know you can kind of fill in the blanks on some names that are kind of floated out there i don't think it's going to be any of the you know the dabble sweeney or lincoln riley uh huge names like that but you know you never know it could be you know maybe a uh the offensive coordinator from Clemson, you know, if if Trevor Lawrence, you know, if the Jets were to pull this off and, you know, finish what they have going right now, and you know, maybe they do come as like a, a pairing or maybe they do go, you know, I know you don't want to hear but maybe the Harbaugh thing does come to fruition. But um it seems like that is at least something that they're very interested in as of right now. And also the great news is that Adam Gase is gone. Like he's not coming back. So people can kind of get that little worry out of their mind. I know they hear the, uh, you know, Chris Johnson talking, speaking highly of him and Joe Douglas with his, you know, quote coach speak, I guess you can call it, even though he's a general manager. Um, they, you know, they're in a no win situation. You know, we all know what's going on here. Um, they've been doing their research on coaching candidates for weeks. You know, it's not something that just started last week. Um, so they, you know, I know when people are like, oh, just fired Jace already. Like, they need a head start. Like, that's bogus. Like, they they have done their research. They're doing their research. Um, I'm sure they'll have a very wide – they'll cast a wide net for, for interviews, you know, starting – what, the season ends January 3rd? You know, January 4th, they'll be gone. And, um, you know, we can kind of take a breath of uh, – take a deep breath and focus on what will probably be the – I feel like we say this every three years, but the biggest coaching hire that the Jets have made in, in a long time.
2: play like a jet play like a jet
0: with Pat Fitzgerald there's a relationship with Joe Douglas apparently the two of them are tight that's what you were telling me before we started recording mm-hmm. i'm guessing it has something to do with Joe Douglas's time as a scout for the Ravens when he was developing relationships yeah. with different college head coaches cuz they've never crossed paths otherwise right
3: yeah no I, I don't know of any like you know any kind of relationship that way but you know, I do know Douglas is very respected within you know the scouting community and making his rounds about you know in the in the college football ranks. And um, I, w- I wonder, and it's to totally it's a guess of mine, but when dating back to uh, Douglas's day with the days with the Bears, you know, just with the location aspect of that, you know, <clears throat> with Fitzgerald, um, if that is where they maybe developed more of a, a relationship, I'm not sure, you know, how tight they are. If it is something where they're like you know, texting buddies, you know, so to say, but um, they obviously, they, they know of each other and um, enough so that, that Douglas and, you know, the current Jets uh, think very highly of him. Um, so, you know, it's it's definitely a, a previous relationship. And I think that's where Douglas kind of really makes his, you know, earns his money there is is that deep relationships he has, not only with, you know, guys around the NFL, seeing as like that, that great you know, talented group of front office guys that the Jets have brought in, Um, but also around the college football world with, you know, coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches around there. That that goes a long way too. You mentioned
0: Trevor Lawrence before, so let's talk about him a little bit. You had another report at U Stadium about what's going on with Lawrence, and it's interesting because there's been so much chatter about whether he could go back to Clemson, or whether he could try to force his way to some team, whether he could execute some sort of power play. I've never believed that, and I know that you and I have had private conversations laughing about the media talking that up as something they just needed to do in order to generate conversation. But your report dumped a lot of cold water on all of those, I guess you would say, semi-conspiracy theories involving Lawrence. It looks like he's not only going to enter the draft, but whoever picks him is going to get him.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, how easy is it just to like, laugh at the 0-11 Jets? And, you know, a few weeks ago it was, oh, if the Jets get the first pick like they have now, he's going to stay in school. Well, that's debunked. He's not staying in school. And now it's, oh, well, if the Jets get the first pick, he's going to force a trade. Where is he going to force a trade? To the Jaguars, like Jacksonville or Washington? Or is he going to wait and, you know, go and play in the XFL or something? It's not going to happen. First off, he all but committed to, um, all but declared, you know, the other night when he was honored as a junior football player on senior night and after the game, he thanked the fans and thanked the school, et cetera. Um, pretty much hours after our report um, where I was told by an agent that I know who was in the final uh, three or four groupings uh, for uh, Trevor Lawrence to, to sign with his agent. And this dates back, I think about a month and a half ago when we came out with the first report <clears throat> early October saying uh, Lawrence is expected to declare he's already, you know, in gotten down to the final five agents. He's been talking with them for weeks, his his team has been talking with agents, um, and then just the other day I reached out and said, "Hey, you know what's going on? Are you guys still in the running for Lawrence? Is he, you know, has he picked his agent?" He said, "Yeah, unfortunately we're not going to uh, be, you know, signing, or Lawrence isn't going to be signing with us. Um, he's leaning towards agent X, um, basically proving he's declaring. He's picked an agent, and once the Clemson season ends, probably a day or two after." Um, whether that is with a national championship or if they, you know, they'll make the playoffs and, you know, if they lose in the first round or the national championship, they'll, he'll declare soon after that. He's already graduating uh, in the next couple weeks. So um, he's coming out. He's not going to force himself out of New York to go play in Jacksonville or Atlanta, you know, which isn't even feasible. I think they're like the 12th pick already. Um, he's going to come out. He's going to play with whoever gets the first pick. And hopefully that's the Jets. Suggests-
0: As far as what happens after that, if the Jets are lucky enough to get that first pick, everybody has discussed Darnold's trade value. You heard Adam Schefter say a couple of weeks ago that he thinks the Jets could probably get something similar to what Miami (laughs) gave up for Josh Rosen, a two and a five. From what you're hearing, do you think that's about right, or
3: is that maybe a little high? It's tough to say because, you know, really— what what needs to happen, like, if you're basing this off, and teams aren't going to do this, but if you're basing your decision off of what happens in the final six weeks with this Jets team and this Jets coaching staff and this Jets season, why would you give up anything for Sam Darnold? You know, it's like you're looking at him, you're like, shit, I can go sign, you know, player X off the street and come in and he'll play better than Darnold. He's statistically the worst quarterback in football. Your eyes tell you he's probably one of the worst fo- quarterbacks in football. So what are you talking about a two and a five those those GMs who are going to have interest in Darnold this dates back to three years ago you know if they're still you know still a part of the organizations that liked him at the time nothing that happens year one two and three with the Jets are going to say well I don't know maybe he isn't any good teams know what happened teams know the situation that he's in you're going to trade for Darnold and you're going to you know if let's say the Chicago Bears are picking 16th and they miss out on the top quarterbacks in this draft, um, obviously you're not going to sign a guy. They, they tried the foals route, that obviously didn't work. So they're sitting there on draft night. You have Lawrence Field, Lance, uh, Mac Jones, and let's say even Kyle Trask for whatever reason are off the board or they don't like, they don't love Trask, whatever happens. And they're sitting there and they're like, all right, well. Sam Darnold, who we loved before the draft. We have two years before we have to pay him. We have a defense that can win now. Let's go give, you know, a second rounder and a fifth. Yeah, the, the value is there for that. It's a starting quarterback who just three years ago, again, he's only 23 years old, who just three years ago went three overall and was like, if you know, not the consensus, but if you asked, you know, 30 teams, let's say 28 of them said he was the number one guy on their board. Um, I know the Denver Broncos loved him at the time. So, you know, it's really up to Joe Douglas to, you know, go get his demands, go reach, go get his price that he wants. And he's shown he's been able to do that with Jamal Adams, you know, with the Leonard Williams trade, make sure there's multiple teams interested, which I'm sure there will be. Um, I don't know who even had the report saying like a late one is still in the question. I doubt that. Um, But like, I don't think a, a mid to late second rounder and then, you know, a late pick, even if let's say you have to say, you know, Darnold and a 2022 fifth rounder or sixth rounder, you know, goes for a two and a five. You know, something along those lines. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets kind of attach another pick to it. But um, I don't think it's something where you're just gonna like punt away, punt him away, and say, well, let's just take a fourth and be happy. I think there's still a market for him, um, and I think you'll be able to put a few teams against each other because NFL coaches are stubborn, man, and they and they they have egos, and and you know, all it takes is one team to say go get this guy. He's 24. We don't have to pay him yet. You know, we'll be able to set his own, we'll be able to set up his own price tag. So, you know, if you're able to put two good years together, you know, we'll, we'll pay him at 25, 26 years old and you still get 10 years out of him and all they gave up was a second round pick. So um, I still definitely think that he can go for that. I I would say at the end of the day, what Schefter said, and obviously he's the best in the business, I would say a two and a five is definitely still there.
0: We established earlier that Adam Gase is going to be gone at the end of the season, and as you said, a collective (laughs) sigh of relief came over the Jets fans who still believed in their heart of hearts that there was a chance that Gase could be back in 2021. But here's the question involving Darnold that I'm curious about. Is there a scenario where the Jets, if they got the first or second pick, whether it were Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, could trade out of that pick and stick with Darnold and hope that the new coach can turn Darnold around? Or from what you've been hearing, do you think that it's far more likely that if they get the one or two, they're going with Lawrence or Fields and they're going to deal Darnold?
3: Well, it's 100% locked that if they get the number one pick, they're not dealing that. Now, two, I guess it would, you know, let's be honest. If they get the second pick, it's going to be you know, it's going to be a big letdown, you know, not only for us fans who have, who's had our sights set on Trevor Lawrence for like two months now, but for Joe Douglas and and the Jets front office who are going to still be there because, you know, you go from having what's going to be a, you know, an attractive head coaching job. If you get the number one pick with Trevor Lawrence, the cap space, you're picking one, not only day one, but having that number one pick on day two is huge because you have, you know, you, you let the first round go, you let it run its course, you know, and then you have all, you know, that whole entire night, second, you know, the end of the first night into the second round, you know, that pick is super valuable, whether you get, you know, somebody, you get really good first round talent, or you're able to kind of call around the entire league. You have all night to to make a trade and move back. So, you know, not only is that first rounder, obviously Trevor Lawrence, but also picking first in the second round is, is massive. Um, so you go from having Trevor Lawrence and this cap space, you know, and Joe Douglas, who's very well respected. It's not like a guy with Mike McCagney. I remember a few years ago, they were like, you know, Oh, we have Sam Darnold um, and cap space and draft picks, but we have Mike McCagnan, um, who wasn't well respected, who nobody knew from, you know, you know, from Joe blow. So you go to, to Joe Douglas, who who has plenty of contacts in the league and Trevor Lawrence, you know, now, if you're picking two, you're already starting to see a little bit of, Oh, I don't know. Zach Wilson from BYU. I don't know. Maybe Trey Lance. Yes. Justin Fields, in my opinion is by far the better prospect and and will be the second pick, but there's some doubt there. There's no doubt with the first pick. So, you know, you might not be able to attract that head coach who you might, who who you'll probably be able to attract with a Trevor Lawrence. So um, it really, it, it depends there because you go from candidate coach, candidate number one, To all right, maybe we find a guy that really likes Darnold and then we can take, you know, maybe you trade out with a team. But um, I think I think the writing's on the wall. I think the Darnold era, unfortunately, is over, Um, even if they do get the second pick. um, You know, I don't know, but I would assume that they would take Justin Fields, too. Nick,
0: before we run, I wanted to get your thoughts on what's going on with the Jets right now Because you're known for having strong takes In fact, we were joking about this before we started recording Sometimes you end up admitting that you were wrong But it takes a lot for you to shift into that category So I wanted to hear what you had to say Not just about Quinton Williams, which everybody knows that you were one of his biggest detractors But also a lot of the other things that are going on around the Jets What do you think of the Joe Douglas draft picks and how they've performed so far? Are there guys on the roster that you think could be keepers beyond this year? How about Mikai Becton? This is a guy that I know you did like, but yeah. you also like Jerry Judy a lot. So you were sort of torn on that. Give me a little bit of a lightning round version of your thoughts on what's going on with the Jets right now and where you see them going heading forward beyond the stuff that we were just talking about.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited to like admit like Shit, Quinn Williams has been killing it the past few weeks. Like you, you see that little bit of, you know, my main thing with him coming in was, I don't know if he's got that mean streak in him to be that defensive line interior D line anchor. Like Aaron Donald is a mean fucking guy. Like look at the guy, he's cut, he's massive. You don't want to mess with that guy. Fletcher Cox is dirty, he's tough. Like he'll get in there and he'll just like beat you up. To me, Quinn Williams never fit that. And to draft him three overall, um, when the roster was so bad, when we were just coming off of like the Leonard Williams, you know, like that same position, we were just reinvesting and just in that same hamster wheel. So, you know, I I just had like nightmares of another interior defensive lineman who, yeah, he'll make plays great against the run, can impact, you know, can impact as a pass rusher. But at the end of the day, is he making these big enough plays to, to make that pick, um, you know, to make that pick valuable or to make that pick make sense. Um, And through his rookie year, you know, he really wasn't doing anything. Like what I was worried about, I saw even on tape, just watching him, like, yeah, he was doing different things. And yeah, he was, you know, filling gaps and he was taking on double teams. But when you're picked third, I don't want to hear that excuse. I want to see you flash and I want to see that mean street, that little edge. And I think you know, we talked about it, like you said, like it looks like he got pissed off this off season. And even through, you know, the first two, three weeks of the season, I was like, Jesus, this guy, like, like it's a waste. And then something seemed to me like it clicked, whether he got healthy, whether he was like, all right, enough, like forget, like this nice guy act is gone. Like this, the sneezing and the braces and the funny, like little videos, like that's out the window. This guy's like a mean I'm trying to stop myself from cursing all the time, but a mean guy, like <laughs> he, he doesn't want to have, he doesn't want to take that shit anymore. So he's, it seems to me like it's, it's less like athletic athleticism because he's an athletic dude for his size. But to me, something clicked and that mean streak came out of him. And now he's trusting what he sees. He's trusting his athleticism and, and you can't really, it's like, you can't block me like one-on-one, forget it. Um, so something seemed to click and it's great because, you know, Lord knows we need talent on this roster and, you know, you can feel good if you surround him with somebody on, on the edge or, you know, you keep adding pieces to that defense, which I trust Joe Douglas to do. Um, it'll be, you know, he'll, he'll only <clears throat> keep improving because he does have a high ceiling. That's for sure. That was never a doubt. Um, so it's great. And and I love to admit that he's been crushing it the past few weeks. So um, major credit to him. He was awesome against the dolphins. So um Now on to Becton. I love Becton. I mean, how do you not It's just, you know, if he can, if he can stay healthy and, you know, stay in shape and, and I doubt he'll have any problem with that. I, you know, I think the Jets will have him on a good plan. Him and Douglas are really close. They, you know, have a great relationship, obviously his first pick. So, um, you know, Douglas will make sure he's an offensive lineman guy. I don't really have any, worry there you just always worried about the injuries they seem to catch up on him but again remember there was no preseason there was really no training camp um and adam Gase is your coach so like he's had the whole deck stacked against him he's been awesome so you know rarely do you ever say like man i don't even care what goes on i'm watching an offensive lineman this week but literally on offense i watch what he does and i watch denzel mims who um, has been you know nothing but a a breath of fresh air for for the jets the past four weeks i mean when do the Jets ever get field position players to come onto the scene and you're like, wow, you know, three, four games in a row. It's not like, you know, Stephen Hill where he catches like a hundred yards and two touchdowns in one game. And then he can't even get open the next week. But, you know, you can see some special ability from Mims, you know, the ability to track the ball, um, the long arms, the extension, the open field speed, which I don't think a lot of people, you know, we know, we know he ran a fast 40, but I don't think people realize how, Game fast he is, um, and you saw it saw it on one of those terrible passes by Darnold where he had to make that fingertip catch. But if Darnold throws a good ball there, he's he's got plenty of space and he can you know run for miles. But <clears throat> you know he was he had to make a, a trickier catch than he should have. But you know you see the flashes from this guy, and, and you're not talking about like oh he could be a nice player because that's what you know that's what we're used to as Jeff fans is like oh, he could be a nice Jet. You know what I mean? Like that seems to be the you're like, oh, Gerald Focacci, he was a nice jet, like a really good player, a great jet. But Denzel Mims has like top 10 receiver ability. So he's really exciting. I think Ashton Davis is playing better. Um, I think the game was too fast for him his first few weeks. And again, no training camp, no preseason. Um, and I thought, <clears throat> you know, I hated the James Morgan pick. Um, I hated the the DN from Florida pick. You know, I just thought there was more value there. Um, so those guys, I mean, Morgan, whatever, uh, the Florida kid, I think, got on the field the past two games. So that's, that's good. At least he's out there. Um, and then I, I think Bryce Hall, we're all excited about. I mean, I don't think we, I mean, I speak for myself. I didn't think he was that big, like he's, he's a big aggressive kid. Um, and I think we all knew he has talent, you know, he was projected at, you know, late one, early two, you know, if he would have came out before his injury um and you know they didn't rush him back they let him sit the whole year and you can see yeah he's getting beat but you know he's going to this team is terrible teams are kind of doing what they want and you know you can't even kind of judge that but you do like the aggressiveness you like the size i think if you add some more players around him you, you get some better pass rush which we've been saying for 30 years but um i think he could be a potentially a starter too going forward so um, you know, you have to like what you've seen from – it's funny because we were basically begging through week three or four for these guys to even get on the field. You know, we didn't see anything outside of Beckton. But now you see these guys are playing. They're playing major roles. Even some undrafted guys look pretty solid. So I, <laughs> it's crazy to say because they're 0-11, but I love what's going on. You know, you're getting to see young players play. Um, they're losing games, which they have to right now, which is the most important thing. And if you infuse another solid draft of three and four starters next year, you know, with Trevor Lawrence as obviously the, the, you know, the, the headliner, um, you can, you can turn this around really fast. I don't, you know, I, you know, you see an old 11 team and you're like, man, we're going to be, you know, in some shit for the next four years. I don't think that's the case. I think if like, if you bring in the right coach and you do get Lawrence and he's everything that we think he is, um, you'll see Mims get much better much faster. If you improve the guard play, even Connor McGregor uh, you know, Connor McGovern's looking to- Connor McGregor. <laughs> <Even> Connor <laughs> McGovern's looking a lot better the past few weeks, but if you improve that guard spot, which you know, Lewis and McG- um Lewis and Van Roten are, you know, just one year kind of gap fillers. Um <clears throat> if you draft a guy and, and sign I know I'll, I'll also give you a little um you know, a little bit of what I've heard is they love Joe Tooney from the Pats, and I know that they'll be in on him from day one. So, you know, if he does shake free from New England, and, and if he's the big free agent signing, you know, you stick him between Beckton, and McGovern, and then you, if you draft an interior lineman, whether it's uh, in the second round or third round, which is a very deep draft. You're talking about improving this offensive line, which is obviously has been Joe Douglas's you know main goal from day one. You know, you can go from having a nice Unit that they've definitely improved, regardless of what Manish wants to say with his like grudge against Joe Douglas. They've improved. I think everybody can see it. Um, you see it a lot more in Flacco plays because he knows how to play the position. Um, <clears throat> and then if you plug in guys like Joe Tooney and a guard like, let's say, you know, Trey Smith from uh, Tennessee, you're talking about Beckton, Tooney, McGovern, Smith, and then you can even keep a George Fant around. You know, you don't need all stars cross the line, you know, you need some continuity. It's gonna take a little time. But if you get your left tackle like Becton and he's the guy, which everybody thinks he is, in your first draft, and he's your guy for the next decade, like you're way ahead of the game. So I think this roster, yes, it looks bad right now, but there's talent at positions that are crucial. You know, the left tackle looks great. You know, if you bring in Lawrence, your quarterback, if you get the Lawrence Becton, you get contributions from You know, the Quentin Williams, Bryce Hall. Um, And then you get C.J. Mosley back next year, hopefully. Um, And shout out to him, man. He knew what he he was doing when he opted out of this year. But um, (laughs) you can really – and with Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder and and that second tier of free – and I know everybody wants to talk about like the Allen Robinsons, the Chris Godwins. And, you know, yeah, obviously it would be beautiful to have one of those guys. But if you look into like the second grouping, Curtis Samuel – Corey Davis, even a guy like Josh Reynolds from the Rams, like he's not going to get a big contract, but he can play. And we know we need receivers. I mean, the Jets had guys dropping like flies and you're playing Chris Hogan off the street, you know, having a guy like Josh Reynolds who makes plays with that Rams offense, who's been around great coaching, you know, he's, these guys are valuable players. So, you know, and, and you don't have to exactly break the bank for them. So, um, that receiving receiver group, if healthy, you know, is not far off from being a strength. And, and Perriman has looked good too. I mean, we were talking about this before, you know, even the free agent signings that, that Douglas has made this off season, even though they're one year deals and kind of flyers, Ben Roten hasn't been terrible. You know, even though he talks a little bit too much, you know, too much pro gaze and whatever. Um, Perriman has been good. Uh, You know, they're getting some contributions from these guys now that they're getting healthy. So I wouldn't even be opposed to Perryman coming back, too. So um, it looks bad. 0-11, obviously it is. But I think we can all chalk it up to Adam Gates, the Darnold thing just kind of falling flat. And there's a lot to be excited about going forward. You know, it sounds crazy, but it's true. So um, obviously it's all about getting this first pick. Don't fuck this up and getting the coaching hire right.
0: I agree with you on Perriman. I think he's been on four teams for a reason, and that reason is the fact that he generally hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I think you can see that first-round ability when you watch him play. The reality is, though, unfortunately, the injuries are always going to be a risk. I know. And that's how it works in football because it's such a physical sport. Injuries are a big part of the sport, especially with the Jets, as we've seen with Adam Gase the last couple of years. But when somebody gets injured due to someone else's negligence, it can be a life-changing event. And when that happens, you want a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure that you receive full compensation for your injuries. You don't want to be somebody that calls your legal team and they don't answer your calls. You want to be able to call them whenever you want. You do not want to be a file on their shelf with hundreds of other people. You don't want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court. Here's what you do want. You do want the great lawyers at Faruki and Faruqi. They give every client their personal cell phone number. You can call them 24-7. They limit the number of clients they have so that they can represent everybody with personal care. They've got a long track record taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court. And here's the important part. They have a long track record of winning Prior results don't guarantee similar outcomes. You can learn more about them and what they do at nylegalteam.com. That's nylegalteam.com. Nick Spano, CEO of U Stadium, thanks so much for coming on and sharing that intel with me. Really appreciate it. I'm glad that you were able to make some time to talk about this stuff, and I'm looking forward to having you back on in the offseason so we could chop it up again in the offseason roundtable like we always do. For anybody that doesn't have U Stadium on their phone or their computer or Whatever they use to check out different apps, what are they missing out on?
3: Yeah, man, and of course anytime, literally anytime, I'd love to like to vent, talk about what's <laughs> going on. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely check out the app. It's got you know, great news, like to turn on the notifications or you know, we invest heavily in making sure we get the right news out to you fast and push to your phone, whether it's just Jets news, all NFL news, it's up to you. Just turn your notifications on, select whatever you want to hear, if it's just the Jets, like I said, or you know, you want fantasy football news, you want fantasy football tips, betting tips, turn all that on with your notifications, um, all about creating content. And, you know, we're really pushing on the, um, the content creator, um, you know, rewarding those who create content. So if you want to be a part of that and kind of be paid for your content and pay for your work, um, check out the app, give us a shout. We're on Twitter, Instagram, obviously at you stadium everywhere. Reach out to us if you want to be a part. Um, And just, you know, good football talk with knowledgeable fans in less of a gossipy way, but more X's and O's. So that's bread and butter with Hugh Stadium.
0: There you go. Make sure that if you don't have the U Stadium app that you go and get it because if you're listening to this, you're clearly a serious football fan and you want to discuss this stuff with people that are serious just like you. So make sure that you sign up for U Stadium and follow them on Twitter at U Stadium. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com judy was boring hello then
2: judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
3: it's my little escape
2: now judy's the life of the party
3: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
2: whoa take it easy judy <laughs>